You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, if you've been uh, listening to us recently, uh, you know that this year has, uh, in several ways, just fallen completely apart. Yeah. Uh, as far as like what we're covering and how we're getting to stuff. And uh, we recently talked about uh, the nominations for the Critics' Choice, and now they've already happened. Yeah. Um. My God, what is today? Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, so two, two days ago, uh, we had the uh, right. the Critics' Choice Awards happened. Right. And uh, last night, the Primetime Emmys happened. Right. And so you got the Critics' Choice, uh, which hopefully, as everyone knows, also does uh, TV. So you got uh, two award shows for tv i mean that must have been right there yeah that must have been nuts for the people who had to show up for them <laughs> right crap right yeah just, like when just worlds collide yeah. last night and now we have to go to another show the next day yeah um anyway uh so we are gonna like kind of cover uh the critics choice awards and what happened the movie side of things anyway and uh you know before we even get into that though i just have to say there's been like the weirdest amount of uh garbage talks <laughs> since mostly since the emmys right? right um i you know it didn't happen but it's hard to distance one day apart things right anyway but uh there's been like so much talk about stuff winning at the emmys and i feel like backed in a certain way by uh alan seppenwall of rolling stone uh because he he was tweeting threading Thre you know oh, whatever uh, things all this um stuff <laughs> excuse me and uh and i guess he wrote an article in rolling stone but i've heard it from a yeah. lot of people too he's just like you know the big name right. at the rolling guy stone there. or whatever but a lot of people have been talking about how um you know like the bear won everything and yeah. beef and right. succession and it's like right. uh, every award goes to like the same shows you know like uh if you get best show then you get best actor best actress best supporting actress and, right you know like that always happens we complain about that general idea ourselves right um which i kind of can't stand that that happens as often as it does uh, it doesn't happen like every year that you know a movie gets like best picture best director right. best screenplay best right. actor but you know like everything right it doesn't happen that often that something really gets like everything right but it does happen a lot of times that uh that movies get too many of them yeah i think right right, right. Now, sometimes, you know, a movie like just totally deserves it. Right. Right. Um, but I think when a movie actually deserves it, right, it's like the exception that proves the suck rule right. Of, right. of how things go wrong. Right. Um, and so it's it, it's weird, though. Right. Because the way people are talking about it, the way even that and I will call out Seppenwall yeah. face right now. Um, yeah. The way he talks about it is so vague right. and generalized where he's like, this sucks that this happened, right? And it just reminds me every year of how everyone talks about all the snubs, right? This person got yeah. totally snubbed, every, right? Yeah. And there's almost nothing about this entire industry <laughs> and like criticism and awards and the whole thing. There's nothing that irritates me more than people talking about snubs every year. Right. Because if you don't tell me who was not supposed to get nominated, right. then you're saying this person should have gotten nominated is just, you know, right. random bitching. Right. right. It's right. not an actual criticism of, of anything. Yep. It, they didn't get snubbed. Right. Unless you tell me Prove who it. was not right. supposed to get nominated. Problem without a solution. Who were they supposed to get nominated 
over. Right. Or were we just supposed to add more nominations? Yeah, I love I love that part because if right. there's a if there's a group of six and you're like, ah, so and so got snubbed. Mark Eastman got snubbed. Right. Okay. Who should have not been in there? Right. You pull a name out now. Right. And you, I want it on you. You have to. You do you it. Have to, yeah. you have to pull don't, it. Don't tell me right. there should be seven. Pull. It's like. Yank one out. It's like uh, you're. I totally agree. You're implying that the wrong people got voted for. That's right. Okay. So who do you vote so for? So who do you and vote who do you not <laughs> vote for? Right. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> it just kind of has come out obviously in the last, you know, 24 hours right, or whatever, right. That like a lot of people are talking about, like, look, the bear wins, you know, everything, everything. succession wins, everything, yeah. you know, Kieran Culkin wins, right, right. Best actor, you know, you got everywhere. Best supporting actor, succession got like best supporting actor, best supporting actress, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, like on and yeah. on and on. Right. Okay, fine. Then who was supposed to right. win? Right. I mean, if, if that, if too, too many people are winning from like one show right, or whatever. Okay, fine. Then who was supposed to win? You can't just say, I think it sucks that succession won everything. Right. Right. You have to tell me why they weren't supposed to win. Right. Who was supposed right. to win? Who was supposed to win over the bear? Um, yeah. Now the bear in particular is a weird case because uh, it's forced by Emmy rules, right, to win comedy. And right. is it a comedy? Uh, I mean, actually, I think there are a lot of fruits I show that are hilarious. <laughs> no, I know. Right? Yeah. So kind of, <laughs> you know, it is right. Right, but it's not billed. Uh, does it seem really comedy. like? Is it? Is it? You know, competing with other comedies right. over stuff? Is it like? Look, the bear won uh, best comedy, and Ted Lasso didn't. That seems weird, right? Like, are they really the same? Right, they shouldn't be doing the same. Anyway, but yeah, uh, but it just uh, it just drives me so nuts. And now you know the Oscars are coming up, and yeah, you know whatever movie wins this, whatever TV show wins that, whoever doesn't get nominated or doesn't win. I am just so tired of hearing people say that so-and-so got snubbed. Yeah. You know, uh, succession shouldn't win in every category. Yeah. But also, I'm not going to say anything about right. who should win or, you know, whatever. Right. So anyway, so that's out of the way. I share um, that pet peeve, though. That makes perfect sense. When you see it, you see it, you see it a little bit. And then suddenly, when it's award time, you see it all the time. Right? It's snub this, snub that, snub. You know, okay. Yeah. And, and I will, I will even give people uh, a little bit of leeway when they are specifically talking about things like um, everyone knew Oppenheimer was going to get nominated. Yeah. You know, in February. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> that it did get nominated in like every category in the world seems like maybe we snubbed someone right right like there might have been room for somebody actually (laughs) proved themselves (laughs) above and beyond the thing that we knew that was going to get nominated before anyone ever saw it right and i'll kind of give you some room there when you're not picking specific people that should be nominated just that whole general idea but still uh overall it just drives me up a wall anyway yeah uh, okay, so the Critics' Choice Awards, and uh, uh, we'll just kind of go through these, and we are going to try and sneak in pseudo-coverage of at least a couple of movies, and uh, we have to start with, uh, because I don't care what order we do this, and yeah. it's not a surprise to anyone, uh, Best Picture was Oppenheimer. Yeah. And uh, and we're not going to jump into Oppenheimer, because we'll do that uh, on another show. Yeah. And, uh, we're still going to have to go probably a few weeks really trying to get in a lot of movies, yeah. uh, before we start doing things like best list and, oh, man. and stuff yeah. like that. That's um, wild. But Oppenheimer, I feel like we should, uh, save for when we can give it a little more, uh, a little yeah. more play. Yeah. Uh, so Oppenheimer wins best picture, which, um, this is, uh, also a year where you know as we say every year uh where i feel like it's going to be tricky because historically you know the critics choice awards predict the oscars pretty well yeah but this year in particular it's like you know one more percent want to know and 
Yeah. Because there were some big hitters in there. Yeah. There are a lot of things that people are voting for for Best Picture. Yeah. In that list of nominations. Yeah. And what gets it, you know, is like 15% of the vote or something like that. Totally. This time it went to Oppenheimer, and a week from now, you could do the voting (laughs) again. And you might not yeah. get that, right? It's right. not, this is not a, uh, you know, Oppenheimer got 70% of the vote right. out of a year. Right. right. So yep. totally. And, uh, you know, for my money, I, you know, I don't know if you want to also chime in here, but, sure. but man, it's just, that was just not the best picture. <laughs> that, that was not for me, like the best picture of the year. Seven, eight, nine, there's 10, you know, and they run 10, like the Oscars. Yeah. I, I, from all that I've seen, I would have had Oppenheimer not at the bottom of that 10, but I easily think of a couple that would have been above that. Yeah. Easily. That, there's just like, I'm not even trying to justify it. Like with points of like eight and a half or nine, like I, I think Oppenheimer. Well, anyway, I think I, Oppenheimer is in that, I but I don't know that that's an easy win. I think Oppenheimer was for me, uh, which I feel like this is a, uh, almost like damning with faint praise kind of right. thing for Christopher Nolan now. Yeah. Right? Because I think technically it was like really a great movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and he, he got best director. Yep. Um, which I think we even said uh, on our show when we were talking about the nominations that I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's well-directed. Right. right? Um, you you can't really fault him for winning best director, I think, because it's, well, it's well-directed. Right. Okay. Um, and it's got, uh, it's got great acting happening in it. You know, I mean, it's, it's got, uh, you know, great production design. It's got, it looks great. It tells a story. It's got actors and everything. For me, this is like, uh, you know when the imitation game came out yep and and as i've said before you know these biopics yeah right i'm like man if i just have no interest in the historical you know person we're looking at and the imitation game uh when that came out that was in a very similar place right yeah i'm like you know, do I care about this dude who sort of invented the precursor to right. computers because we're cracking codes and right. stuff like that? Right. <laughs> not, not really. At least you thought about it. Care about yeah. this guy. Care about this thing that happened. This is like, uh, you know, for me, yeah. not for a lot of people, I'm sure. But for me, this is like uh, everything that happens in the story is like, you know, some footnote in... Here's right. a thing that happened. Now you know this guy's name. Yeah. You pretty much yeah. know everything you need to know, yeah. right? But the movie was good and had right. a story right. and turned it into, you know, a fairly interesting story about yeah. like trying to overcome a lot of crap and yeah. get shit to happen when, yeah. you know, it was uh, how the hell are we going to make this happen? <laughs> yeah. Which, in a certain sense, kind of translates directly to Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. I just didn't for me anyway, watching yeah. this movie. I was like, you know, I got about three quarters of the way through this movie and I was like, you know, am I going to care about anything that happens uh, in this movie? It just did not pull me in, even though, I mean, everyone was great in it. I thought, right. Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Got best supporting yeah. actor. And I was like, right. I mean, yeah. he was really good. Yeah. Everyone was really good in it. Yeah. Everything that happened was done well. Right. But for me, it was very similar to like Interstellar, right? Right. I watched that movie and, you know, kind of just appreciated the hell out of the movie making that was happening. Yeah. Right. But watching the story, I was like, right. Well, all right. Yeah. Here's some weird shit that happens in this story, but it didn't like get to me at all. It didn't like pull me in. The acting was great, but that doesn't mean I care about your character right. or what's happening to them or whatever, right. or that, you know, I don't know. The story is especially interesting. And, yeah. you know, in Oppenheimer's case, eh, the story is interesting in some sense, yeah. right? But for me, you know, it's only ended up ever being as interesting as like watching the documentary. 
Right. Like if you just right. made this and, and it was, you know, yeah. one one millionth of the budget or whatever and made right. a documentary right. out of it, I'd really been about as interested as in interested. that, right? Like all of the yeah. all of the stuff about the life, I'm like, look, just because you think that some particular person right. is like a moment in history, that doesn't mean their life is actually interesting just automatically just by, right yeah. like and that look we're telling the story of this guy's <laughs> life well okay yeah. I, don't, I don't know anyway um as much as it was and and that doesn't in any way mean that it's bad mm-hmm. right or well, like you know yeah. so i gave it a two because right. it's garbage right? right no it's just that i don't know it's hard sell not, uh you know i'm okay with it even getting nominated right and being put in that list of men yeah but it would be have a hard time, I think, getting out of the bottom of that ten for me. Yeah, right? uh, it's just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, and I think probably when we do get to our list, right, of top ten, I just don't know if it'll be in there. But it'll it, it'll I, make. I I thought of this actually the other day. I think I was thinking of the lists. I'm would not be surprised if it was at the bottom of your notables. Right. Right. But that's if you if one expects the notables to be numbers eleven to twenty, perhaps because we do the top ten, obviously, yeah, fourteen, yeah, maybe fifteen. You know, it's not the bottom of it, but it's not it didn't the top ten for you, and I'm fully expecting that. Right. But all right, so uh, Creek's moving on with Creek's Choice Awards. Uh, so best actor is uh, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. Yeah, which uh, we also mentioned uh, him specifically. Uh, when we were doing the nominations right. uh, episode, and uh, and I think I I said specifically then, like j- the level of difficulty of what he's doing may get lost in translation. Apparently, yeah. it didn't, at least for critics. Um, yeah, but, but for your average person watching the movie, uh, even still, I think it might. Like it is a level of difficulty of acting. That is not, you know, just readily apparent. Like yeah. you don't necessarily just watch this movie and go, this is a really hard role to do. Right. 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 But it is. It, <laughs> it really is. It, it really is a difficult thing to get this character to uh, be able to do everything he's got to do, deliver yeah. everything he's got to do. And not kind of turn into like a caricature or, right. or some pastiche of everything. Yeah. I mean, it, if you think about how many times and how easy it is to have people right or wrong, compare this to like Red Poet Society, which, which when you say that you're both comparing it to that film and also that title represents a genre now. Right. You know, so right. when you're trying to be the professor or the instructor to anybody who has a problematic anything and you go through some strange small adventures and you bond and you discover there's more humanity between both of you than you're yeah that's that's very common but it's actually hard to bring something new and exciting to it giamatti's work is all in the small details as much as the big when he's when he's reacting to someone else's scene and what he's doing is amazing. If you just look right, at him, right. you think, oh, yeah, of course that guy would do that. Right. And that's why that's so difficult because he's nailed what that guy would do. Some of the things that Giamatti's character did in just the subtlest of ways, just a glance or just a, a, a small frown or a small smile was more impactful than anything else you could have told someone right. to do outright. And he just knew to do it. Like, it's so the, good. Uh, the reactions that he has to other things happening as opposed to like the him one of necessarily doing we get to this at some point whenever we do the film but one of my one of my favorite parts of the whole film if not actually the favorite part for me is when he's at like this big christmas party and there's a there's a thing that happens that i won't ruin not because it's a big spoiler thing but we don't have time and his reaction to it sent chills all over me and i was just like this is a human being like this is a fully fully fleshed out three-dimensional person who made themselves vulnerable and this is what has happened and like you look at it hit him 
and it washes over his face like every emotion of like everything that happens in that moment and i I watched that scene like three or four times right then i was like holy shit this yes we could uh we could even like kind of you know pause and jump in and just he totally deserves this this movie yeah right um uh so it is uh it's hard to not actually kind of think of it in terms of dead poet society yeah because it's very similar it's It's like the boarding school it's like the teaching school kind of almost the opposite teacher of robin williams yeah uh in dead poet society but there is still this uh very similar uh thing going on with the movie as a whole right in dead poet society right it's coming of age story yeah right but it's also actually I think one of the greatest parts of the script of Dead Poet Society, anyway, is that the movie is just as much the coming of age story of Robin Williams' That's right. character, yep. except that it's just you just have to kind of put that together in your mind. Right. We don't look at it, we don't see it, no. they don't show it, but it's still in there. Yeah. Right? You still have his whole story comes through from his whole life and how he ended up where he is and, yeah. you know, the whole thing. And the same thing's sort of true with Paul Giamatti, um, although the way you get his story from him just being this right. cranky bastard <laughs> telling you, right. instead of like, yeah, instead of like just getting like the hints and showing little reveals and whatever, it's just him being this cranky old bastard just directly right. telling you what his story is and where he came from and right. things like that. Um, but. Either way, um, it's, you know, like I said, it's the boarding school. It's like the kid who's, you know, parents are this because they're the kind of parents who send their kids to boarding school. Right. And, you know, whatever, uh, which I just think is hilarious. Like, there's never been a movie about people at a boarding school that was not also just making fun of people who send <laughs> right. to boarding school. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the small deal. So before we, uh, totally, we'll just kind of do the movie. Um, I gave it a 10. Did you, I, at one point you said nine, but I thought you, you had wavered. You would been like, this is easily it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I originally I gave it a nine thought I would give it higher. I still feel like I, I want to give it higher. I'm gonna stay at nine. Then that doesn't belittle much except there were some small annoying things yeah and that has nothing to do with with Giamatti or the rest of the cast it's just there were things that they did that either felt too weird that couldn't help me get to 10 like but I understand the story I understand what Alexander Payne who's directing the story is doing here um the holdovers comes from you know a, a handful of students that don't get to go anywhere for Christmas break they have to stay at the school there has to be supervision. It's not supposed to be Paul Giamatti's character, but the character, uh, the teacher who is supposed to have their turn comes up with a fake illness for their mother. So it becomes Paul Giamatti's right. problem because he's made some enemies right. because he's a dick and he won't pass students for the sake of doing it. Famously, they mention a Congress, uh, congressperson's son and how he failed them and how he didn't get to have his glorious future. You see this echoed in one of the first scenes of Giamatti walking into the room, giving out tests to the students. And one of the students says, I can't fail this class. And he says, oh, but I do think you can. Uh, right. oh, no, no. Don't sell yourself short, young <laughs> right. man. I, I believe that you can. Yeah. And it's just that rapport that he has. He's so inflexible with education and it has made him so snobby and it's isolated him even in his isolation to be an instructor at a boarding school, which he attended and he very much loves. But he just doesn't react to people and doesn't doesn't allow them in, and partially because he just looks down on them because they are not as smart or educated as he, or they're faulted in other ways. I said all that to say the kids are there are like five kids left, and one of them is um, uh, of Asian descent. His parents are off doing other things. Another is uh, Mormon, and their parents are off doing missionary things. One of them's a spoiled rich kid who's his dad flies in with a helicopter, picks up all the kids because right. we need all these kids to go away. Right. So they just they made so a phone call and they just found the missionary parents or some jungle somewhere in like an hour. Like the small little things like that that happened every once in a while in the film 
disappointed is too strong of a word, but just distracted me. And I was like, it does weird missteps sometimes. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, Giamatti and uh, Tully, the kid that he's taking care of, who actually is also being looked over by the school cook, who's got a big, interesting story, and, and you know, there's other small characters in the background. He's disobeying uh, Giamatti's character, and he runs into the newly done gym, and he, you know, hurts his arm, and you know that's part of the story because it's part of the book. Right. And then, like in the movie, two days later, he's ice skating and he was running and sliding. Yeah. He, he runs and slides onto that arm, and I'm like, what? This is this is bull. Like it was just broken. Like. It, Tons of little things like that just didn't seem to add up. But in the grand scheme of things, Giamatti, kid who's a relatively newcomer, like they all, and um, uh, Mary, uh, uh, she was in, uh, she was in the, uh, she was in the Eddie Murphy movie Divine. I can't remember her last name. Shit. Um, she's great. She's Divine, great. Divine Joy Randolph. Divine and Joy and Randolph. She did. Uh, she was in Dolomite. Was my name. Uh, yeah, she got the supporting great. actor. She's so great. great choice. She's so good. All the stuff that's happening there made everything better for me, but it just didn't quite pass those weird distractions. Like, there's even one dumb moment. Where uh, they make fun of Giamatti's character because he's got like a he's got like a wall-eyed look to him, you know, he's got a lazy eye, and it changes. Like sometimes it's his right eye, sometimes right. it's his left eye, and in the end of the film, you find out it's only supposed to be one eye. But I'm looking at that, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Tighten this up. <laughs> if it had just been tighter, and and some of the small distracting, like sort of goofy, dumb mistakes that they'd made were just better, easily attended. Yeah. And I'm I'm not looking for a reason to not make it a ten because I love 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 this film. There but, there is um there are some things that happen where uh, like you said the parents come pick up the other kids and we could have just written that slightly easier yeah and it would have just been like uh, not open itself up to even worrying about how this makes right. sense right we could have just. And that's one of the things where it's like, I don't know, is this exactly what happened in the book? And so then either. that's Maybe. what we're going to do. Right. And then, exactly. I don't know, can you fault the movie for doing what the book does as a plot? Right. So I don't know. But there are a few things like that where you're like, you know, just write this slightly differently cool. and then no one would question it right. or whatever. And then right. you still get all the kids gone and, you know, who cares? Right. right. No one would ever notice it. Yeah. Um. But as I just mentioned, I uh, makes sense to throw out uh, since we're talking about the Critics' Choice. Uh, she did win uh, supporting actress Dominic Sesso, who is the uh, young the kid. Young kid. He got the young actor actress yeah, right. award, which is mm -hmm. our own weird special award where yeah. we try to uh, acknowledge young people. Um, but uh, anyway, going through uh, some more of the movie, you know, it, like we said before, it, it it's so in these like tiny moments there's a in a very weird way this is like the weirdest comparison like ever yeah there's a lot of stuff that happens in the movie that remind reminded me of my favorite moments in francis ha where okay there are just these yeah. little tiny bits of conversation yeah where you go that is just so real yeah right like yep. that is just so exactly what these characters yeah. do and say and like the whole thing and there are so many yeah. of those in this when uh paul giamatti is at several points talking to yeah uh, divine joy randolph's character the cook yep. there were so many of those where you're like Tons. you know there are like a bunch of versions of this script yeah written by people who sucked yeah right where yeah where this scene is completely different yeah and more likely to get made yeah especially like it, the first one that, that, that sings to me about that is when they're watching the dating game and yeah, he's like yeah. what is this and she's like you never seen a sit down have and she's talking and they're just bouncing back and forth and he he's open and vulnerable and she's just lost her son and she's talking about her son and his dad and how they both never met you know they they both never met the age of like 25 or 26 right. you know and 
he starts telling her what a great kid, what a great kid her son was. And he goes, yeah, thanks. He hated you. Yeah. They all thought you're an asshole, right. you know, and you're just like, wow. But that conversation is so raw and real yeah. and perfect and, and genuine. There's, there's a, there's a later yeah. part, which is, uh, it, it kind of threw me when it started happening. Cause it's such a like weird cliche uh -huh. kind of moment. Um, when he runs into somebody who knows him oh, yeah, like yeah, from the yeah, past yeah. and he's with the kid, right? Yep. And that scene like started happening and I was like, oh, we're going to do one of these. these. Yep. But then it was awesome. Yep. It actually ended up being so great. And most of it was awesome. Like we were talking about the subtleties because of Giamatti when he's not talking. Yeah. Just like looking at him yeah. and his character and like, you know, cringing and just yep. wanting to be out of there and yep. just not wanting other people to exist. Yep. <laughs> not wanting to have to deal with this guy. It was great. The uh the scene and it actually sort of extends a little bit, the scene where Angus comes and gets him and he's like, Mr. Hunnam, Mr. Hunnam, you gotta come. And it's at this party that I'm talking about. And he's having a moment. She's having a real sort of breakdown about her son. And when Giamatti walks into the kitchen and the custodian is there, she's there, and the kid is there, and he walks in, all he does is he assesses everything quickly and he just closes the door. Right. And he stands there. He gives her physical space and has created the space for her. He is an incredibly fully fleshed out human being to realize this is what we need. We're going to calm down. We're going to take it easy. And she didn't want to be calm. Right. And then, and then that, that alone just showed how much he sort of has in him as a character. If you just gave him a chance or gave him people to care about, but at this boarding school, like nobody ever really thinks of him that way. They're just kind of like that right, wall-eyed right, right. prick, you know, that bastard. Then when they're walking out together and he's holding Mary and the kid's like, I, I want to come back. There's a girl here, right. you know, and he's giving her crap. And when he sends the kid running off, she chastises him in a way that's just like, his parents left him at Christmas. No boy needs that. Right, right. And you see what she says to him and the way she says it and the way it affects him and it resets him. And I'm like digging into my seat and I'm like, I love every second of this film, even right. the ones that, that drive me nuts. Um, I forgot to say one thing that drove me nuts that, again, is like that gym scene when they're running. And Giamatti is chasing him with the high knees and he's getting winded. There's a moment where Angus Tully just looks, he breaks the fourth wall. He looks at the camera and he grins at us. Like, look at what I'm making him do. And that doesn't ever happen again. It doesn't ever even begin to come up. No one ever looks at the camera. And I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, he's so good in the way that he pretends to carry himself as somebody who doesn't belong there. And when I found out that he's just sort of like a first-time guy who was in his high school play, right, right. I'm like, man, what a year this kid's having. Right. Like, that's wild. But still, even my minor weird, every 20 minutes there's a problem, gripes. Loved this film. Right, yeah. Loved it. And uh, just before we move on, uh, because that's as much about yeah. as we can uh, sure. give this movie right now. But the other thing that I want to say is uh, – in a similar way to Dead Poet Society, where yeah. uh, we never actually talk about exactly Robin Williams' past, right. even though we kind of do in that movie, like yeah, a little a bit. Little. But uh, like I said, it's you get this whole like coming of age story of him without even getting it, and it's not really what we're looking at. Yeah, and in this one, you get kind of Paul Giamatti's as well. And like you said, you know, he's, he's not the guy who is going to like pass these students or whatever. Yeah. And he went to the school himself and you do really kind of eventually get, uh, you know, his take on that basically, yeah. even though you don't really get it right. But he is, uh, because it just kind of informs his misanthropic bastard of a character. Yep. Right. Um, you know, because he's from this school when they didn't do that, right? right. He's from the right. school That's right. when the school was hard yeah. and made smart people. Yeah. And didn't matter whose kid you were, right. you had to do what you had to do uh -huh. to get through this school. And if you didn't, you didn't. And right. now he is 
like lived through the progression yeah. all the way to where what the school is now is that the you know guy in charge is going why couldn't you just passed him or right whatever. right and the way that he has to like suffer through that yeah. being his existence yeah now, he made it a suffrage that's true it, so it is true. so good how uh you know it just delivers that without ever really going there at all it's, it, it doesn't really talk yeah. about it or look at it it's just you get it out of him there's a there's a and this is my last thing i promise the subtlety and just a handshake that happens in that film has more warmth and love and respect than some several minute embraces like there's right. there's a there's a real thing there that people and i think if people watch the film and i think they enjoy it they find that they invest in the characters very quickly because they are being handled purposefully well done and that they're well-rounded and that you genuinely want them to just get along and right. work their stuff out and you see some of that stuff just isn't going to be easy you know but you know, what a great film uh anyway so pitch that yeah you watch the holdovers i swear it's Man. on streaming something it was just like on if it's... prime or something like yeah. that uh, maybe yeah. even max i don't remember I'll off the top I'll, of my I'll, head, but, I'll find it uh, but I'm pretty sure you can stream it somewhere. Uh, okay, so moving on with uh, other parts of Craig's Choice Awards. Uh, best Actress went to Emma Stone, right. which uh, is exactly who should won. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Uh, no disrespect to anybody else. So but... I will say here is like the breakaway from uh, the problems we were having. You know, now we have them in the opposite direction because she's really like the only thing that won yeah uh from the movie that should have won almost everything yeah yeah <laughs> the, uh because you know i'll tell you right now spoiler alert that's gonna be my number one more things i'll Damn, just spoil it go. right now there you uh, go that movie was uh and we're not going to talk a whole lot about no that. we gotta um, save that but that movie was much like many other Yorgos Lanthimos movies. Yeah. That movie was a movie where at the end of it, when that movie finished, I was like, you know, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> right. I mean, like when I, it reminded me so much of like when I watched the lobster, when I got done watching the lobster, I was like, what are these other assholes doing? Right. Look at you fumbling doing this. Yeah. Look at them all fumbling around. Just tying their shoelaces and just doing everything wrong. This is what you uh, need to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, but like I said, we won't uh, go into that. But I will just throw out really quickly. Emma Stone was so good in that. Yeah. And even, uh, you know, I I like her a lot. She's not like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for me, like where I don't yeah. like. I, I like her in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, But even still occasionally she does have a thing where for me just completely personal opinion right yeah she does have a thing where if she is in the wrong thing i kind of can't stand her uh like if she's in the wrong thing all of a sudden i'll like go can she act at all right like she's awful right. it's rare no right? and she's often in not most in the of thing. the things that she's in I think she's awesome, now, right? Can you think of the wrong thing? Can you think of one where you didn't, where, and I don't mean going oh, back tons, because uh, I'm not oh, asking you to put it on the I was going Because I was just going to say, we're old enough that I actually don't know who else knows this. And again, no disrespect when she's listening to the podcast, but she reminds me in a way of a Jennifer Jason Lee, who is the best actress working today because from La La Land to The Favorite, to Cruella, yeah, yeah. four things. She is literally, I mean, actually sometimes literally, especially for the favorite, dripping down, bearing everything. And I don't mean nude scenes, but I'm just saying like she's rebuilding herself up in a different way that is unrecognizable from any film that she's doing. And these are like the last like, what, six years she's done these four films. Right. She's totally different in every one. She's absolutely the shining star in every single one of them she's doing hard hard work in every one of them because they're not just boy meets girl or uses girl stories these are very complicated twisting things watching her perform what she has to perform 
for the reasons she's doing it and poor things is staggering. Yeah. Like you look at her and you're like, that's the girl from like super bad or, you know, just, you're like, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. like she's way, way more talented and thank God we can see it. I can't wait to see what else she's doing because everything she's in and, and not, I actually think, can, I can't think of the one that she's misdone either. And then in mind, it's yeah, not hundred like percent. There's some I would weird say it's misfire. Been a while, right? Yeah, but Themistone is in a project. I'm in it. Oh yeah. I I can't wait to see it. And I genuinely believe she is doing the most risky work out there right now. Yeah. Um yeah, no, she is uh phenomenal. And Jennifer Jason Lee used to be that actress who would just be in big budget films, little weird ones, you know, all kinds of strange things. She just didn't care. She loved to act and she had talent galore. So that's where I was trying to draw that right. maybe weak comparison. But um, okay, so jumping back to the Critics' Choice Awards, we've already like covered a lot through doing yeah. other things. So we have to kind of like, you know, jump down the list here. I mentioned Robert Downey Jr. got supporting actor. Yeah. Um, then we've got acting ensemble which is a really yeah. strange category. And yeah. sometimes it, it's a weird one because like, if you just look back on the list of what wins, right. It's about 50, 50. If you look, yeah. if you look back every year, I think anyway, it's about 50, 50 where you go. Yep. That's right. Like, that's and then the other ones yeah. are like, wait, what? And I'm not sure where Oppenheimer is right now. Uh, the it is right it, uh -huh. it's hard to argue against right because right. then you'd have to say somebody's not acting well right right i think everyone in the movies there are names is, is everywhere great, man there are right? there are there's all kinds of big names tons of people you haven't seen forever yeah. and and they're all doing great right yeah. for me it just didn't it's not what acting ensemble mean right right that it. movie for me is is not what that means. Yeah. Uh, and you know, everyone's going to have their, sure. This is a different take. Yeah. For me, acting ensemble is, uh, a lot more where like the group itself is like doing acting. Right. Right. And, yeah. and that's just not what Oppenheimer kind of, I get is, it. Really, there's a, right? there's a line there. Yeah, for sure. No. Anyway. Um, and so director was Nolan. Uh, then we got yep. like original screenplay Barbie. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's fine. Sure, right. I think it's really, I, mean, I, I think it's really funny that not too long ago, uh, like a couple weeks ago or something, there's this whole big thing about, uh, it's eligibility getting changed, uh, like for the Oscars or something. Oh, like yeah. they said, it had to be adapted screenplay. <laughs> That's because right. It's based on something. It's based on a pre-existing and property. Everyone had to jump, chime <laughs> That's in. That's right. I remember that. And God, that's so weird. That feels longer ago. But I know, right? That wasn't and, that long ago. But but now, that's right. Now we have that whole thing, and then for the Critics' Choice, it wins. Yeah, for like, original screenplay. Yeah, tough. Yeah, okay. I don't think. But it's. But our our nominations were like before that. Oh yeah. ever came right? up, right? Yeah. And it just obviously like it's not based on anything. I know it's such a goofy thing where they're like, um, Barbie existed. Before, Somebody in a room pulled out for two twenty out of a book and was like, according to Rule Eleven. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, and uh, adapted screenplay uh, went to American Fiction, which you know I don't hate. Yeah, as the winner. Yeah, but it should have been Poor Things. Right. Uh, I was just gonna right. say it, it was up just, against Poor there's Things. There's just no. That, yeah, uh, that's one of those ones where adapted screenplay is a category. Yeah, and you know I don't have the numbers to prove this, right? Right. But I think adapted screenplay is a category where, uh, in in a way much different from best picture. Yeah, where usually, right, it is like a sixty percent of the vote. Oh yeah, wins. yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's like it's something is like. And this year, I think it might have run into trouble with that. I think there were, yeah, there were actually several that people were probably voting for, and it kind of split it up a yeah. little bit so that the percentage is different. But anyway, yeah. Um, but American Fiction is a great movie. Um, but I still think uh, right should should have been poor things. Yeah. And then uh, cinematography is Oppenheimer, which um, sure. that's pretty easy. 
<laughs> it's it's such a visual steamroller over yeah, everything it, else. It's, it's, it, it is kind of uh, insane yeah. looking movie. And like I said, it's so weird because there are so many technical things about yeah. this movie that I would say, yep, it right. does that great. Yeah. Still don't like it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Which which does not ever happen. You're gonna get there, there are not a lot of years where you go, no, right, I know. I'm fine with this movie winning actor, actress, right. cinematography, production design, anything you know, throw out all these yeah. director even maybe. Yeah. But picture, no. Yeah. You're gonna make Chris Nolan unfollow uh, the podcast. There are a lot of things that I still would have given it to poor things, right? I yeah. I still would have given it to Yorgos Lanthimos. I st- I still would have given it several other yeah. things uh supporting actor but supporting anyway. actor was the hardest one uh anyway okay so editing also went to oppenheimer yeah costume design and hair and makeup went to barbie yeah which uh nothing against barbie which i also thought was great but i feel like it got those as like a we want to give it something kind of votes yep right yeah. because um costume design like sure the costume design is like if you take design out yeah. of the costume award, right? Then I'd go, well, sure, there were great costumes, right? Yeah. But costume design right. is just like now yeah. we're in that adapted screenplay thing, right? <laughs> like what did yeah. you design? It's like eighties clothes and right. Barbie's outfits. A lot of yeah. lot of bright pastels. And again, I'm sorry that I was I was for things right. all the right. way, right. especially from Willem Dafoe's aesthetic to the look of everything that they wore. Like, oh yeah, oh, come on. And the the way that uh, you know, especially like um, you know, I don't know, mixing together costume design and production design, yeah, into like one thing, and you know, whatever. I yeah. don't know. It's all still poor things for me. Visual effects is uh, went to Oppenheimer. I and, didn't, and I'm like, uh, what now? Like you know were there visual effects that were probably kind of hard to do i guess is this like the movie that wins best visual effects though yeah uh, i don't know i think i think that one is a goofy choice for me that's that's all like no c as little cgi as possible we're going to really make some explosions and look at how pretty they are right. like that's i i i like christopher nolan's films very much and i think he gets a lot of credit for doing things away from computer screens but i also think sometimes it overlooked the fact that things on computer screens are still like i genuinely thought cross the spider-verse was taking that it really did just from the visual aspect like oh my god but um okay and then uh best comedy so we have our own best comedy comedy category right right? that's our own special uh view of what that means right and barbie got it and I think that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think that is uh, almost kind of a slap in the face to our our version of having best comedy, right? right. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's uh, like Jethro Tull winning best metal uh, in, instead of, you know, anybody else that was up for the attachment. You're like, what? Okay. That's yeah. not a metal band, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That one's a little weird. Um, best comedy, our best comedy usually goes to something that is basically can't win yeah at something else right. but it's a comedy right. but it's but it's outside the realm of things that yeah. get nominated for awards usually right. right it's uh something that's just you know an actual like hilarious movie but it's not going to get taken seriously and right. win awards and stuff like that but anyway uh best animated feature did go to spider-man yeah which i think is uh kind of a travesty and uh, I I hate that that one could have been uh boy and the boy and the uh, yeah. I mean, yep. which which did win the Golden Globes. Yeah, I don't like it when the Golden Globes get stuff right, and we don't. <laughs> that really bugs me. That's a. <laughs> I agree one hundred percent. That's a weird misstep. Um, and foreign language, Anatomy of a Fall, which is a great movie. Yeah, it's not exactly like my favorite movie ever because it's just not about something that i was like roped into the way a lot of people are but it's still a very solid uh good movie best song went to i'm just ken 
which is not even the best song in that movie. Yeah. Of the nominations, three of them were from Barbie. Yeah. And that's not the best that's one. That's not the way to do it. Although you, I, you must have, I don't know if you had seen it as a quick aside, Ryan Gosling's reaction to that winning was very Ryan Gosling, yeah. but also just like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? Come on. And uh, best score went to Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. and we do have like a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, still. And I want to, cause we've got to make like some headway on things. I want yeah. to, uh, get to the holdovers or no, uh, salt burn. Um, because it weirdly didn't get any attention yeah. at awards. Um, and maybe we can at least cover it, uh, a bit. Yeah. Right. Um, it is, uh, Emerald Fennell, uh, directed uh, movie, which is, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, the person behind uh, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Promising Following it up. Young Woman. <laughs> and it is uh, Keegan. Yeah, who very good. Should man. have won. He's so, he's so <laughs> good. Uh, God, and he's it good. is the very, very weird story of a guy, again, uh, who, this guys at college and uh hilarity ensues with the madness of him you know finding this guy that he kind of like latches on to who's got a bunch of money and he gets like invited to go you know spend the summer uh, at their estate or whatever and it's all like rich you know people yeah. in england and he kind of like tags along and gets thrown into this world yeah. crazy whatever right right privilege and money and uh and this one was uh i wanted to like this movie more yeah um, because uh i, I, I love her no it's still like really good but i i couldn't get more than eight yeah that's what i wrote down for and you. if the ending wasn't as i want to say good but it's not quite the right word that i'm looking for right but if yeah. the ending wasn't what it was uh it might not have even gotten eight um but so much of it was awesome but also there was a lot of it that was really odd there was a lot of stuff that <laughs> happened there's a lot of scenes in this movie yeah that really seem like uh i just got committed to my drunk idea that i threw out one day right and i couldn't cut this scene yeah <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't really get me anything and yet it's just there yeah for a long time sometimes right some of them right. are really extended and you're like i mean okay i get it like dude yeah you know what <laughs> anyway there's uh there's a lot of really weird stuff that we didn't need there's a lot of i feel like the Case could have just could have just like cut a little bit and like made things move a little bit more because yeah. some of it is very slow, almost like you're going. I'm just slowing this down because I want it to feel slow right here. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get that, but I don't think that's the right decision, <laughs> right? I yeah. Mean, sometimes you make the movie slow on purpose. You want it to drag out and right. be uncomfortable and right, you know, things like that. Stuff that, um, you know, for example, that in The Favorite, Yorgos Lanthimos did perfectly, right? right? right. Um, and in this movie, just not as interesting. There's some uh, parts where we have to examine this character, like, really thoroughly, just so that we can never care about that character again or see them again or stuff like that. And you're like, yeah. I mean, I, I get that you're kind of, you know, flushing out the whole world and stuff, but you know, whatever. I don't know. It had a, I had a lot of problems with it, but still it's eight and it was really good. And, and, uh, Keegan was awesome in it. He is, he is amazing in it. And again, he is, yeah, I mean, maybe someday he'll be miscast in something, but I'll be damned if I know what it could be. Um, even though I didn't like this movie as much as you cannot deny that he's just so mesmerizing in everything not just this the other thing that really helps the film excuse me go um is the guy felix um who is the where we're talking a lot about 
you know, private school, boarding school, you know, this is that time of year when those things come out. Um, uh, Jacob Elordi plays the guy who he's sort of fixated on and, and is attracted to um, and just wants to be around all the time. And, uh, and you know, despite their ability to carry off so many of the scenes together perfectly, I mean, and Barry can do that anyway, but he's in almost every single scene. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot to do in this film. And it, at two hours and 11 minutes, uh, which I just looked at, man, this thing feels like 245. It, it really drags out in places. I, I gave it a six. Um, I gave it a six because as much as I love the front half of the film, I found that I started despising really the last half of the film. One of the things that Emerald does for me is has some interesting characters, puts them in really reasonable, uncomfortable situations, and then lets them flourish for a while, and then seems to not know what to do, yeah, and then seems yeah. to get bored, and then thinks, in my mind, there's a certain type of reaction that you get from the art house crowd, which is, I don't have anything to do, but I'm not where I want to be yet, so I'm just going to make you feel uncomfortable. And whether or not that is um, with a scene that a lot of people are talking about um, they're just calling it the bathtub scene. Whether it's when um, you actually watch Barry's character, uh, Oliver. Oliver Quick. You watch Oliver sort of have sex with a pile of dirt. Yeah. You know, when you, when you have digressed your filmmaking to these scenes and then you revel in extending those scenes. Now, I get you want to show the depravity, the apparent gravity or the degradation or just the deviance of something because that's not who i might be as a person or you might be as a person cool but it really is it's really weirdly pandering to try to do it for so long to in my mind it's when films um use songs to convey emotions instead of just writing a good scene right like when the sad music comes in and the character is looking out a rainy window all right i get it you know, right. and if you make me watch that thunderstorm for eight minutes, you don't know what you're doing. Right. Emerald has a lot of talent. And just like my problem with Promising Young Woman, which if I was that, I know it was my number one film that year. That yeah. wasn't yours, but it was close, right? No, or was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Emerald might have had it. in the top 10, but it wasn't my. No. Promising, Promising Young Woman for me fails like with a big F in the last 12 minutes of that movie. Yeah. Saltburn for me. At two hours and 11 minutes, if I have to think about this, fails in almost the last 35 to 40 minutes of the film. Just starts doing things that I don't believe don't, in, it's not that I don't enjoy, I just don't think that it matches up with who we're supposed to see, even though, in, from my opinion, and I only watched it once, by the time you get to the end, forget the, the, the second end scene, but by the time you get to the end of the film, when you get to the start of the film that you've just watched and you watch it again, I don't think they match up. I don't think these are the same characters supposed to do, be doing the same things. Right. Because there's like a weird interview in the beginning where it's like, so did you, you know, did you love him? Right. And he's like, and then it cuts as he's about to respond to something. I'm like, that's not the character doing what they would do. So I get that it's an art house film. It's, it's effective. It does convey emotions. So it's art. It's doing all these things, but man, I read Donna Tartt's The Secret History. I've seen other books transformed like this. I've seen a lot of films do this without doing the gratuitous offensive stuff that really wasn't even needed. And I'm not being a prude. I just thought it was so weirdly misplaced and then so strangely dwelt upon. Right. It just humbled I, this I reading down that, for me. Um, there is, uh, for me, there's a lot of connection in this movie to the favorite, which yeah. since we keep bringing, we keep that, bringing up that up for some reason, um, but this movie is like the favorite and I, I still give it an eight and I still, yeah. I still liked it a lot. And I loved a lot of the stuff that happens yeah. right along the way. Yep. I think once you get to the end, right, you kind of realize that what was happening the whole time is that we were just trying to like showcase how psychotic this person is. Yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, he's psycho. <laughs> he's nuts. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think that it's kind of like what happened is that as much as I like this movie and as much as I like Emerald Fennell, right. It's like you watch the favorite and saw the 
things happening awesomely. Yeah. Right. But didn't exactly understand no, why. why they were awesome. Totally right? agree. Yeah. And so you're like making your own movie and you're like, well, it's sort of like, this is what happened right. or, you know, something like yeah. that. You're trying to uh, work off of it, but there's so much in this movie that is, um, let's just look at him being psycho for a while. Right. And, and not like, you know, I don't know, in a slightly different script, maybe we're making more of a metaphorical statement yeah. and things. And like you said, we just don't have to look at him that long. Right. It's not doing anything. It's not right? doing anything. It's yeah. uh, like, you know, we get it. Yeah. It's like at, uh, at, at the same time, you're trying to say, look, I want to say this thing to my audience. And in a way, be kind of metaphorical about your psycho and yeah. culture and how people exist in it and stuff like that. But also, I think that my audience is probably pretty stupid. So I have to like right. say it again. Right. I have to say Beat it for it a long time. And, yeah. you know, whatever. And it just doesn't quite work. But overall, still, it definitely has problems in that area. And some of the stuff is just goes all the way to just about being goofy right and and some of it is like if you would it's it's reminds me also in a very very weird way yeah of uh watching dragon slayer right yeah because what's great about dragon slayer is you never see the fucking dragon right Right. in this movie right it's like if you could have just given us like the hint that that was happening Uh it would have been better yep Instead of just like friggin' showing, me wondering how far forever, yeah, right? yeah. If I have to wonder how far can he go, would he be this twisted? You know, really, like if yeah. he just is, yeah. You know that the scene with the dirt, right? Yeah. If we would have cut that scene, basically the very beginning, right? yeah. You know what's happening, right? Right, and then your job is done, right? Right, I right. Still watch him and do it. Less is more, and it's actually and and the problem that Emerald just doesn't understand or just doesn't care because you know they're making different films than I am, right? And I get that. Is it would have been more impactful if I had imagined more of it, right? It would have right. been like that's why you only see twelve minutes of Hannibal Lecter, and that's why Darth Vader isn't in every scene, right. and right. Right. every bad guy that's around or any every kook, you just don't go the part where they're biting cockroaches in half. Like you don't. Um, Or if you do, maybe, you know, you get this. Have a reason for it. Yeah. Other than I just want you to look at it for a long time. Right. And it strangely, I knew when I started spiraling away from it is when there's an accident at Saltburn and when the professionals are there to try to make the situation trying to not ruin it when the professionals when the medical staff is there to try to do something and then suddenly they draw all the curtains and the curtains are all in red and the entire scene is flashed in red forever and i'm like you you're very clumsy you're very talented you are very talented and when you're doing your work right you are really showing it when you miss it man you're really just fumbling this is so weird that was like high school theater production instead of even like a college thing like right. i can't believe and, and, and then it just slid for me after and, that and that whole part that is like the everybody family is great, though. the family avoidance yeah of the topic yep, right? right like we're just gonna pretend, we're gonna pretend nothing's wrong or whatever somewhere there's a version of that scene yeah. like you said the actors in it I richard think, grant rosamund pike they're killing yeah it. they're they, doing awesome they're really good right yeah but there is a different version of that scene yeah that could easily become like a completely iconic scene yeah man for sure for sure of the you know like rich and meaningless people yeah and their view right and how they react to this association of life is to them and stuff like that could have been awesome right. right you'd be talking about that you'd yeah. reference that scene all the for time. years yep. right yep and yet it's kind of it ends up being just like uh, right. because we do it too long and yeah. too you know just kind of clumsily just right. like it, it's like after you've made your point you just keep saying it over yeah. and over right that scene just keeps going on and yeah. on right and richard you can watch richard grant yeah. that scene going 
uh, right? <laughs> am I right. done? Or oh, am I, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Anyway, all right. So that's the uh, Critics' Choice, and we yeah. at least kind of got you ratings for a couple of movies. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know. Gave you our thoughts on things, one like stuff. Uh, right. In the coming weeks, we are going to have to have a few weeks uh, because we mentioned we are going to kind of try to do YouTube, right? We're going to uh, move oh, yeah. to doing some stuff uh, and have video, right? Um, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to hold that off until we kind of break out with that for our lists. Yeah. But we are going to have to have a few weeks of getting through a bunch of movies because, and we say this every year, and our list moved back some years. Some years it's not so bad, but some years they move back. This year it's going to be back. It's going to be probably like mid-March maybe before we actually get to list. Because there's uh, nothing that I hate worse in uh, all the years that we've been doing this is then uh you know having to do a list and like you haven't covered half the things on your list that's the worst i don't ever want to do a show where maybe a couple of things we haven't been able to do and they'll like sneak on the list or something but yeah you know i don't want to have a show where people are listening to our best things and then go man you haven't even like reviewed those movies on the show or whatever and and this year has really kind of Take this That's so weird yeah. trying to get through stuff so yeah. we are going to get have a, a couple well a few weeks coming up <laughs> yeah where we've just got to get through tons of movies we'll make it uh and try to cover everything so yeah. that said uh thanks for tuning in yeah. and uh we'll see you next week right uh please please uh rate us Share us, subscribe wherever you happen to be listening to this. We're on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, but please, please uh, give us a rating, give us a review, yeah. share us, and uh, otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night. <laughs>